Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick, standing outside Holy Name Cathedral, and if you hear some traffic and some construction work going on, well, please bear with us. Government actions related to the pandemic are essentially forcing churches to hold online services, drive-in services, to meet in groups of maybe 10 or so. Ann Scheidler with the Pro-Life Action League, the Speak Out Illinois Committee, you say that's not enough, that churches should be allowed to do more. Can they do that safely? I'm sure that we can open churches safely. You know, we're standing here in front of Holy Name Cathedral, which is a very, very large church building. I would guess that uh, it can accommodate approximately 800 people or so. I see no reason why we couldn't open it like the uh, Diocese of Galveston has done at 20% capacity for now. We have ushers. They can lead people to separate pews. You could even do assigned seating. You could do reservations for services to make sure that we were safely distanced from each other for another few weeks. Clean the pews after every service. It would, it would be easy, very easy to do that. Why is it so important for people of faith to meet inside their churches to worship and fellowship? Well, of course, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name. I don't think he meant to limit it to two or three. And from time immemorial, religions, including, of course, the Jewish faith and the Christian faith, have built edifices that both glorify God and give us a place to worship him and a place for us to share our prayers, to join our prayers together in multiple voices, to thank God for his many blessings, to petition God for his protection, to ask for graces to deal with the sufferings that that we have to endure. These places have been extremely significant for prayer and for special moments in our lives. We use our churches for baptisms. We use our churches to, for marriages to bless the union of a man and woman as they start a, a life together. Our churches are places we come to grieve when someone has died. We need our churches open, not just as monuments in a city with locked doors. Are you sending a message to the governor and lawmakers? The governor has allowed the big box stores to stay open where certainly way more than 50 people are gathering. Costco is open, Walmart is open, Home Depot is open, grocery stores are open, Walgreens and CVS are open. All of these places that that serve the material needs of the people are open. And we apparently are able to go there safely. People can wear their masks. They can stay six feet apart from each other. The cashiers are behind plastic uh, uh, shields. It's just as important that our spiritual selves be fed as our physical selves. We can, we can easily be safe inside these churches. One of the signs outside the prayer vigil here at Holy Name Cathedral said, our faith is essential business. Our faith is essential business, absolutely. For some reason, we have let our politicians decide what is essential and what is not. I can't imagine how they came up with that designation. 
because, you know, McDonald's is essential, evidently, but church is not, Jesus is not, our churches are not. To us, it is. And apparently, Planned Parenthood is essential. Oh, apparently, the abortion business is as essential as could be. We are very well aware that Governor Pritzker gleefully signed the most extreme abortion law in the land last summer here in downtown Chicago and has allowed the abortion clinics to remain open while he has shut down the churches. So this is totally unacceptable, but it certainly shows that what he claims to be his concern for all life is a sham. Well, what does that say about the status of state government and what they believe in? that they're allowing these abortion clinics to open, but not for churches to open fully. Well, our state government has been lacking for a long time as far as the value of human life goes. And Pritzker is this the next one in a, a long line of governors for whom life has not mattered at all. Abortion's been uh, wide open in Illinois, abortion on demand, and it's even worse now under the law that Governor Pritzker signed last June, that even infanticide, is acceptable in the state of Illinois. So you can't tell me that our state cares at all for the vulnerable, the sick, the old, the people in nursing homes, the people who are even getting this virus. A lot of hypocrisy for, there. A lot of hypocrisy involved in the, the way our state is handling this crisis. But we're urging that everybody of every faith call your pastors, talk to your legislators, write to your Senate, Illinois senators, uh, call the governor's office, State demand that, that the churches be opened and be allowed to function for the people. And it's just not good enough to meet online just a handful of people or in a parking lot. It isn't good enough. I mean, it's, it's a, a very convenient um, and handy alternative that we can go to religious services or attend them online or on YouTube. It meets a need and it helps us but it isn't all we need. They need the churches to be open. It's not gonna work for us very many more weeks to be locked out and not allowed to go inside these churches. Well, let's pick up on that. When does enough become enough? Where maybe we step up the opposition to the shutdown? I mean, Americans have a, uh, a long history of fighting for their rights and standing up for our civil liberties, our right to worship, our right to gather, and hopefully more people will begin to demand their rights. And individual Christians around the state and around the country will go to their own churches and hold vigils in front of them and demand that we be able to go inside these churches and pray. Well, what would you say to pastors, priests who say, well, I can understand the shutdown, and this is actually the best thing for our parishioners, for the people who attend our church. I understand the concern about people's health, but at this point, I think we could be all treated like the adults that we are. Anybody who is sick, who is vulnerable, who is an at-risk person with a compromised immunity of some kind, is certainly not required to go to church, and in fact, urge to stay home and be, be very careful uh, of your health. But there's no reason we cannot be, be careful about our approach to coming to church, at least in the short run, until everybody's sure that, that life is reasonably normal again. 
There's no reason we cannot be trusted to go like we're trusted to go into the Walgreens to be six feet from the person next to us. We can easily do that. People are very, very uh, willing to obey the rules and operate within the strictures. We'd just be grateful to be able to get inside the churches and pray there. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. We'll continue our conversation with Ann Scheidler outside Holy Name Cathedral after this. While Christians observe the National Day of Prayer, we're asking God for His protection and an end to the pandemic. We pray that we will soon be able to safely worship and fellowship in our churches and that we can return to work to help provide for our families and churches. We pray that our elected leaders will make wise decisions and will not exceed their authority and use the pandemic for political gain. We pray that safety will not become code for control, censorship, and the loss of liberties. But even now, remember to give thanks to God for His many blessings. Ask Him to guide us through the hardships and that we will find ways to use them for His glory. And let's make every day, in good times and bad, a national day of prayer. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick with you outside Holy Name Cathedral in Chicago. There's street traffic going on, construction across the street. And we're meeting with Ann Scheidler with the Pro-Life Action League, Vice President of the Pro-Life Action League. And also uh, she chairs the Speak Out Illinois Pro-Life Committee, of which I am a member. And as we earlier mentioned, Planned Parenthood remains open during this shutdown due to the pandemic. Are we seeing an uptick in abortions in Illinois? Uh, we're not really sure about the number of abortions that are going on. Our concern was that that would probably be the case because of people being kind of afraid to have a child in the midst of a, a medical crisis. But we have continued to be out at the abortion clinics. And in fact, I was at a clinic before I came here. When you say you're out there, you're praying, praying you're counseling praying, women? praying in front of the American Women's Medical Center on Western Avenue, and we try to reach out and give the women uh, alternatives, give them the phone number of a crisis pregnancy center they could go to instead, try to highlight the value of life, especially while we're all so concentrated on the importance of life. How important is it to step up pro-life activism oh, this during is this time, time? Yeah, this is a time we really need to be stepping it up because people are, are, are making decisions out of fear. And if we can help take that fear out of them, help give them time to think about it, time to, to, uh, to speak with a pro-life counselor, somebody who can meet their needs and calm their worries, then they can, they can make a, a clearer, better decision, which hopefully will be in favor of life. When you say they're acting out of fear, fear of bringing a baby into the world because of the pandemic and the loss of jobs, et cetera, yeah, I think e economics is probably the biggest drive um, of fear right now for people who discover they're pregnant. They might have already lost a job, or they may be in, in um, a fear that they're going to lose their job. Their business may be closed for the moment, and there's a great deal of uncertainty about when and if 
the uh, state is going to allow the businesses to open again. So you can understand what a dilemma a woman would be in right now if she finds out she's pregnant and hadn't planned for it. But we have to be there to try to give her that sense of hope and to know that she's not alone and that the, the pro-life pregnancy centers all over the country, we have, I, I think about 100 of them in the state of Illinois, are These they open? centers are, are they're open, they're operating. Even if their doors aren't, aren't physically open, they're always connected to a counselor um, at the phone number, you know, to speak with and make an appointment and be able to, to, uh, to get to talk with the counselor, arrange for an ultrasound, and, and you know, to help, help you realize that this is not as, as big a tragedy as you think. And saving the life of your baby will be the best decision you ever make. Before the big scare, and the big shutdown of our lives due to the pandemic, there was a lot of fear that the legislature, that Democrats, the radical regressive left in the legislature, were going to come after Illinois' very successful Parental Notice of Abortion Act. Is that fear still there? Should we still be on guard? We should always be on guard in Illinois, I think. The legislature hasn't been able to meet, and so they haven't been able to do anything bad lately. Um, but we, we should never let our guard down. Uh, although the, the abortion rates in the entire country have gone down, the rates in Illinois have gone up. But our numbers of teen abortions are low because of our parental notice bill. All the surrounding states have, have laws that require a parent to be notified and sometimes to give consent. And Illinois used to be a destination for underage girls for abortions because we didn't have that. Just since 2015, that has been in, um, in effect. And the, the most recent uh, abortion law didn't directly attack the parental notice requirement. But if that goes away... If that goes away, then again, Illinois will become a destination state for underage girls to come and have an abortion without having their parents know, which also increases the amount of sex trafficking that we allow to happen in our state. The sex traffickers dream. Absolutely. So we, we, we have to stay on guard. We need to keep, keep our eyes focused on what they do in Springfield when they finally uh, go back to work down there. So what should we be doing now to protect parental notice? Well, it might not be a bad time to go ahead and contact your state senator and your state legislator and let them know that this is on your mind and that you've heard that it's on their docket and you want to be sure that when they do meet, this is not something that they do, that they absolutely reject it and we protect our teenage daughters and protect the integrity of the family. Well, one would think with so many problems that the state is now facing, budget problems even before the pandemic, now the pandemic, that they would hold off on this. But we have people who are adamant about getting this yeah. parental notice law either repealed or extremely watered down. Yeah, I mean, we would hope that they would really focus on, on getting the economy of Illinois uh, back up and running and correcting the, the dismal fiscal practices that we have in our state. But we can't trust them. And we know that the, the, the abortion lobby is very, very strong and has a ton of money. And we know that they will try to push 
to get rid of our parental notice bill or to water it down in such a way that it is virtually useless. So we need to be vigilant. People should keep an eye on websites like IFI and Illinois Right to Life and Speak Out Illinois so they know what's coming down the pike when those legislators go back to work. And we know that the radical regressive left wants to elect this November more pro-abortion lawmakers and a pro-abortion president. Yeah, I mean, the, the left always wants to take away more of our rights and suppress the Christian values that, you know, we're demonstrating while we're out here in front of a church. So well, we um, need to elect it'll, more it'll pro-life be, people, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we need to elect more pro-life people. So when, when we go to the ballot box or drop our vote in the mail or whatever it is they decide we're going to do in November, the life issue needs to be at the top of your list of essential, we're all into essential things now, essential qualities for a, for a candidate is this, this candidate respects the life, every life, the unborn included very, very high at the top on that list. So we need to study up on who the candidates are yeah. and what they believe and who they get their donations and endorsements from. Yeah, we, know, we need to know who these people are that are running for office. Dig deep into what do they really believe. Go past their nice little pictures with their family and their membership in different civic organizations and look to who it is that's supporting them, what their stands are on life, on family, on religion, on the civil rights of, of Americans. Well, the civil rights of the unborn, they the have none now in Illinois. Unborn, right. Yeah. right. Well, unfortunately, in the state of Illinois, that abortion law specifically states that unborn children have no rights under our Constitution. We should be ashamed of Illinois for that. It's, it's just tragic. It sounds impossible, but could that law ever be overturned? Will that law ever be overturned? Well, the only thing we could do is to probably get a constitutional amendment for the whole United States. And hopefully that will happen someday. We do anticipate that Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned one of these days. That might have an impact on how our state looks at the unborn. But it'll be even more important then for us to, to focus our energies on bringing Illinois into line with our values. And what are the websites for Pro-Life Action League and Speak Out Illinois? Uh, well, ProLifeAction.org is our Pro-Life Action League and SpeakOutIllinois.org. We'll be keeping eyes, our eyes on what's going on in Illinois and uh, letting people know. Thank you so much. Ann Scheidler with the Pro-Life Action League, Speak Out Illinois Committee. God bless you folks. Please support the work of these organizations and the Illinois Family Institute. Stay up to date on what's happening in Illinois at IllinoisFamily.org. And until next time, stay safe and God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.